Hi guys, this is Jack Grimmer and you're listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, and after a classic cup tie where our quality was matched by the passion of a relentless Sunderland team, we get to experience the return of the Mackhams, but this time at the Stadium of Light. Black Cat Deja Vu, if anyone's elite enough to know that reference. So, some things to discuss there, but also a look at our transfer activities. Welcome to Sasa Lukic. Is Sander Burge being burgled? And a look to another meeting with Chelsea. Stamford Bridge, hopefully not a bridge too far for another result. With me are Tristan Pottericic and Matthew Wiggins. I'm J-Mac, and this is your Fulham Focus. Podcast. Fulham. Right, so uh, quite a bit to get through here. We don't want to do a sort of huge match of the day analytics of Sunderland because we've got so many pods that do that now so let's just get through the highlights and just our opening thoughts uh Wigo, what were your thoughts on this game mate? um I actually thought it was quite a decent game to be fair we weren't brilliant but we had our chances I thought fair play to Sunderland I thought they were brilliant I thought they looked a really good side they had some really exciting players um and I would probably say a draw was a fair result in the end um you know it did get a little bit nervy towards the end especially with that one chance um yeah but yeah, overall it's fair and, you know, we weren't good enough to get the job done and we now have to go all the way up to Sunderland on a Tuesday night to hopefully see them off. But, you know, I'm not going to say I'm massively confident with it because, uh, you know, you never know what can happen. That's the cup and the magic of the cup can happen in very strange ways. And you, Tristan, what were your opening thoughts, mate? Yeah, I thought, I mean, we, we were talking about this earlier, obviously. I, th- I think, uh, you, you, you know, I'd agree that a draw was probably about the right result. I thought we looked like we were going to control the game in the first sort of few few minutes. We certainly looked on top and then gifted them a goal. And I think that then opens it up. I think we struggled to really create much and no. Um, there, there, there were a couple of things that concerned me. I thought there was a very clear... Um, a, a very clear target in a Kazawa. I thought he, he, you know, at times he he made Roberts look like Pele on on out mm. on that wing. I thought Pele had the beat. Uh, Pele. I thought Roberts had the beating of him um, for most of the game. Pele Roberts, we call him now. Thank you. <laughs> um, and and I I actually think you know I don't think he played badly, but I think the impact, the assurance, the calmness that Leno brings being in goal makes. Such a huge difference to the players in front of him, and I, I, I thought you really saw that. I thought Tozin and Diop didn't look so so secure as they would have done with with Leno behind him. I thought the distribution wasn't quite as good, and I think you're you're seeing there the clear difference between a, a, a an elite goalkeeper and, and 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 a backup who's probably not quite of the standard we need. So I, th- I think that they'd be the two points that I'd be concerned about. The other thing, just. I, it felt the longer the game on went on that that we just didn't as similar to the Tottenham game in the second half we we had a lot of huff and puff and a lot of possession but didn't really look like we were going to create too much clear cut and and I actually I, I was mentioning to you earlier that I, I actually sort of turned to my wife who came to the game on Saturday just before we equalised and said it kind of feels almost like Silver's not it doesn't really want us to get through because 
it, it's clearly not working. It clearly hasn't been working for the whole of the second half. And 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 he, you know, with you're able to make five subs, and we've got a lot of strong players on the bench. He hasn't changed it yet, and and that to me wasn't a particularly good sign. So yeah, I, th- I think there was a lot of frustration there, um, and 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 we got a, a draw that we probably deserved. I'd like to think, depending on what the the the, the FA Cup draw is tonight I'd like to think we'll go up there with a strong side um, if we get a favourable draw I think you know that's the nice thing with the draw being tonight we'll know if we're away at Man City again and and if we are then we can stick the reserves out and not worry too much about it but um, exactly yeah that's sorry you asked for a short (laughs) view and I've gone on for my usual 10 minutes no, no, but we'll pick, we'll pick up from those points. We'll, we'll start with the defence, as you were saying, um, not looking that assured. Uh, we'll go. Issa Diop in a cup competition seems to be quite different between Issa Diop in the league. Um, really sloppy goal, sixth minute, sixth minute in. Uh, it just I couldn't really... I just thought, don't, don't do this, Fulham. And, and we didn't really... Just your thoughts, mate. Yeah, I mean... As Tristan sort of said, in the opening few minutes, we looked like we were going to dominate the game. We looked lively. We looked well up for it. And then one lapse in concentration and bang, it's 1-0. Um, it was a gift, really, wasn't it, it? Well, yeah. You know, you might as well have played the three ball to him. But there we go. Um, look, I'm not going to have a go at Diop because he's been absolutely fantastic this season in the league. Um, you know, I can't fault him at all. Mm-hmm. As you say about the cup, you know, his debut was against Crawley and... I mean, let's be honest, everyone was poor at Crawley, so you couldn't really call out any individuals. Um, And it happens, you know, Mm. that happens. It's not like it was a relegation six-pointer and he's made a mistake like that. Not going to bemoan him at all because, as I said, he's been brilliant uh, for the league games that he has played. So, you know, we got the goal back. We equalised. It is what it is. It happens. You look at how many goals we conceded like that in the Premier League when we first went up in 1819 when we shipped about 90 goals or however many it was so you know that is that's probably the only mm. time it's happened this season um and it was in the cup so it is what it is yeah i i just felt that we done even though we had the lion's share of possession and chances you know you had you had the willian free kick and all other kinds of things i just always felt that every chance and attack that Sunderland had was always more dangerous despite it being fewer um, I think that's just because they were waiting to counter and they were doing a very impressive high press they obviously it was just a very classic sort of cup game where the team that are inferior on paper were clearly just very really spicy and up for it I think just to get the negative things out the way Harry Wilson is looking like a man who is lacking real real confidence more and more each week isn't he Justin yeah, he he didn't have his best game, did he? And and I think there's things that he was just doing instinctively last year um, that aren't happening this year. And I think you know you look at Premier League games and say, well, he's up against better opponents, so there's an explanation for it. But of course, on Saturday that wasn't the case. And I I didn't think he, you know, I, I went up to Hull and didn't think he had a particularly game there against a, a, a Hull side who were a lot worse, a lot weaker than the Sunderland side we've just played. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what the answer is because the, I, I think the other problem is that with the wingers, you've got William who's going to start whenever he's fit and available. And I think, you know, from what we've seen of of, of Solomon 
you know, he's probably a lot closer to the first team than than than, than Wilson, based on what we're seeing at the moment. And and Deckard overreads, uh, you, you, you know, a, a very comfortable person to have in there as well. And as a, I, I think I like his understanding with Tete. I think I, I don't think Deckard overreads more talented than Solomon. And I think Solomon's starting to look like he could be quite explosive and a bit of a game changer. Mm. Um, but I do like that. That that combination with Tete with Deckard Overread, I think they work well together. So yeah, I mean that that's the problem with Wilson. You feel like he probably needs a bit of a run of games, but I just don't see where he gets it with the with with the squad being as it is and the team we've got at the moment. Mm. What are your thoughts then on Solomon? Nicely raised there by Tristan Wigger. I mean, he looked a real handful. He had that sort of impact that I thought sort of Trossard looked like he had for Arsenal against Man City. Just not afraid to take a player on, just very sparky and just... I mean, some people are maybe criticising how he doesn't track back. I think we'd all sacrifice that for actually what he was bringing forward to the team. Just your thoughts on how you thought of him. Well, the ball sticks to his feet, doesn't it? Your thoughts it? I mean, on how you thought of it. That's a very fucking sense. <laughs> Go on, sorry. Your thoughts on Solomon? <laughs> I mean, the ball sticks to his feet, doesn't it? Like, you know, you just watch him play. He's just so majestic. I do think the key difference as well is that he's had the time to come back. He wasn't rushed back. I think you look at Harry Wilson. He had a World Cup that he knew he was going to get in the squad. You know, let's be realistic. I'd say he was probably rushed back a little bit quickly. And I don't think he's had that chance to really build up okay he's been getting sub appearances etc etc I, I just wasn't sure if he was fully recovered you know it's um it's a dangerous game to play especially with a knee injury but I don't blame him I'd want to go to the world cup you know if that was me so fair play to him um but Solomon he's brilliant and I think it's only going to be so long before he uh gets a start it's I think it's coming for him he um he offers something different he reminds me with the ball at his feet. He's he's, he's a bit Steed esque. Um, he's a bit nice. he's a bit like Malbrank. Not not he's not actually. He's more of a winger than Malbrank was, but he's he's got that low centre of gravity and the ball sticks to his feet. The the, the other thing I'd say with Solomon because I'm not I haven't seen it mentioned or, or really on on social media at all. But the mm. goal. The that that I I don't know how much we were right in line with it when it happened. And we were in the Riverside Upper and we were right in line with Solomon. And and the ball kind of came into him, down to his feet, and he had a defender really tight to him. And he actually deliberately backheel flicks the ball through the defender's, nutmegs the ball with a backheel mm. and sets Kazara away down the wing. Now, I'm not sure how many people actually realised that he'd done that or that he'd done it deliberately because it... I can see from another angle that it would have looked like the ball had just kind of squirted through the defender's leg, but you could absolutely see from where we were that it was a deliberate back heel through the defender's legs that had set Kazara into out miles of space. Of course, then he's fed Kearney, Kearney's worked his magic and scored, but that goal doesn't happen without an absolutely outrageous bit of skill from Solomon that I don't think many people picked up on. It was it was ridiculous. And, and if you look at the celebrations, a few players went over to Solomon afterwards and kind of high-fived him and stuff. Right. Um, so do have a look at the goal again because it's worth it's worth looking at for that bit of skill. And obviously, nicely once again by you, Tristan, brought on to the next point, which is of course the goal. Um, you know the Kazara assist for the assist assist by Solomon, as you say. Um, I think this is probably one of my favourite goals I've seen Tom Kearney score. Um, I know there's been a lot. It's been a damn good few, um, and obviously some with greater. You know, great nostalgia and others due to the fact you know Wembley etc. But I, I thought this looked 
really, really nice on the eye compared to other goals. Mm. I thought it was just a fantastic strike. I mean, was it as good as seeing it in, in the flesh? I just you didn't know what you weren't really sure what he was doing at first, but then he it just beautiful. Well, he just left. Yeah, he left. He left two defenders on their arse, didn't he? Fainted. It, it, it was reminiscent of a goal. You, you guys are probably a bit young. Um, that that uh, a striker called Jeff Horsfield scored for us again away at Luton in a we won four 0 there one well, under Keegan and he kind of he mm. just he, he dummied one defender to go one way and then another to go another way and then just almost slotted it into the empty empty corner of the net very similar to what Kearney did actually um, but yeah it was a lovely goal really one of those very aesthetically nice goals to see right really yeah. lovely yeah, yeah I'm glad I'm glad he's doing some business for us at the moment and he's coming on as this super sub in the 65th minute obviously he started this game but I, I'm enjoying I'm enjoying the sort of uh, what would you call it the twilight zone period mm. of uh, Tom Kearney very much and I'm hoping he's asking a lot of questions to Marcus Silva because it sounds like we're about to get a half a dozen new central midfielders in by tomorrow um but th- there's a few there's a few other things i want to briefly briefly mention before we return to the state of line um what were your thoughts on vinicius's performance tristan i mean there's been a bit of criticism on him in some groups that we're in um i think it's too still too early to say he's bad striker I think he doesn't do necessarily the things that well obviously he doesn't do the things effectively that Mitro does um, but just he obviously wasn't really connecting everything as nicely as we would usually expect and the contrast to when Mitchell came on was quite stark if I'm being honest we were a lot more direct and it felt like Pereira actually had someone to sort of cling on to there um, ju- just your thoughts on Vinicius and if it was just a bad day at the office or are we just seeing sort of just a, a bit of a I... mediocre striker who has that folklore memory now of Chelsea I think there's a I think there's a little bit of a I don't think he's ever going to be a world beater and he's going to be a you know a goal every two or three games even type of striker but equally you know I'd look at the game in I, th- I think you've got to look at the context of it it wasn't you know he wasn't it, it was quite a strong team but there, as we've said there were obvious you know weak links and strong players rested we rested quite a few and I think you know, ultimately he came off as the likes of Willian came on and things like that. So, and, and and the team on paper was stronger. So, I think there's an element of that. I think it's difficult. Mm. You know, he's never going to be as effective as 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 Mitrovic if 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 the chances he gets, he's not surrounded by you know as good a players as Mitrovic is. Um, but equally, I don't think he's you know he's clearly not as as good a player. But so I think there's a little bit in between. I just I think we're we're really in this zone at the moment. Then we've talked about it before on this podcast, where we're in a really tough situation there because the quality of player that you're going to be able to bring in, who's going to be willing to sit on the bench, mm. you know, for 75, 80 minutes every week and get the odd cup game here or there or the odd game when Mitrovic is suspended, we're not going to be able to go out and get. You know Griezmann, who's going to be willing to do that. Let's be honest. We, you, you, you know, and I think we're limited as to what we can get that's much better. The one thing I would say is that I think you'd almost rather see maybe some of the youngsters given a go or or, or attempt to develop them like a Stansfield or someone like that um, yeah. from, from next season. Um, but but I think this season this this is what we're going to have. I think you know Mitrovic will play ninety five percent of the games. Fingers crossed, and 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 you know Vinicius will come in now and again, but I don't think he's a, he, he's not a player that we would, I think, do overly well if we've got him seven or eight games, you know, leading the line. Yeah. I think we'd struggle to pick up many points. 
Right, so breaking news as we record, we are due to, well, if we beat Sunderland away, we are due to have Leeds at the Cottage in the FA Cup. Um, so we got, how how does that make you feel about how strong we should, uh, or how seriously we should take Sunderland then in the reverse fixture? It's got to be an incentive, hasn't it? I mean, the expectation was Man City away because it wouldn't be an FA Cup, a Fulham FA Cup without Man City away. So, um you know, if we do get through this or any one, cup, yeah, yeah, if we do get through this one, Leeds in the next round is a winnable game. You know, we've beaten them already this season. There's no reason why we can't do it at home as well. Mm. You know, and yeah, it's just an incentive, isn't it? You've got the chance. Go and go for it. Let's just go for it. Let's try and have a day out at Wembley. Let's, you know, we might not get to Europe this season via the league. Who knows? It's a good chance. It's a really good chance. So to would win you? The cup. So. It- so for Sunderland away, would you go, I think as Tristan was alluding to earlier, would you go a bit more treating that game like it's Premier League match? It's going to be quite a, more of a hostile atmosphere. It's a tricky place to go. So you'd maybe go with Leno and maybe starting, uh, you know, starting uh, Palinia with Reed, etc. Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to because, you know, they're going to want to pack the place out. I was talking to someone I know who's a Sunderland fan and he said, they should really just, you know, lower the ticket prices, make it intimidating, pack the place out and go for it, which I totally get. But, mm. you know, we are a Premier League side. We've got the quality of our first teams. Go there and get the win, obviously, you know. Um, there's no doubt about it. But they're a really good side as well. And with that many fans backing them, it'll be a really tough test. Let's Let's just go for it. All right. You do need to be a little bit careful in some regard. You know, you might not want to risk Mitrovic, which is fair enough, but he did get however many minutes on Saturday. So, you know, you never know. But there's no way we should uh, roll over with this. Let's let's have a go. I think when the replay happens um, could be important to that as well because obviously we've got Chelsea on, on Friday rather than Saturday. And if, if the replay's on Tuesday, then... I think that gives us that extra day's rest potentially before the Forest game that, you know, it'd be worth even even Mitrovic, I'd get him out there and, and, and especially so looking at the rest of the, I've just flicked up the rest of the draw you know, there's, there's four we, you get through that and then you get through Leeds and there's four potential of the of the eight quarter or the seven quarter finalists we could play, you know, looking at the other tie there's, there, there's four, that it doesn't matter who gets through that tie, you'd fancy us against the winner of it, so you know, we've we, we've got a, a probably better than fifty fifty percent chance if we if we navigate the Sunderland game of getting you know a, a, a reasonably decent route into the semi finals there. So I, I I think we'd be with with our league position looking fairly secure. I think it'd be a bit remiss not to. I just you know it's it's not it doesn't matter what we think. It what is what Silver thinks, I guess. Mm. Well, that wraps up quite nicely, actually, the Sunderland game and the FA Cup affair as a whole. And obviously, we'll come back to this when we have played the reverse fixture. Let's move on briefly. Um, we're going through a bit of a trans. It's, this is where it gets a bit mad. Um, transfers are going a bit haywire for all clubs now. And I just want to start with one that is now official, uh, which is Sasar Lukic or Sasa Sasar. I don't know. And Tristan, Sasha. I mean, Sas- Sasa, yeah, Sasha, Sasha. Sure. Bloody yeah. hell, sorry. Well, there you are. I'm glad you're here. So, so um, basically, you well, your knowledge, Tristan, of Serbian football is unparalleled to anyone else here. So I'd like you to just take the floor on this and what your thoughts on this player is. Yeah, well, um, so firstly, 
he's 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 26 he's he, he was he started his career at partisan just missed out on playing with mitro at partisan he, he sort of broke through the summer after um mitro went to anderlecht so never, never actually played it played with him although probably played with him at, at youth level um uh, but has played, I would say, and, and I've seen the vast majority of the games, has played sort of 40, I think 45, 46 games for the national team, of which virtually all of them he would have played with with Mitro. In terms of the type of player he is, he's another, you know, uh, physique-wise, not, not dissimilar to Polina. He's another six-footer. He's quite rangy, quite athletic. Um and I think where he really works for us as a player is 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 he can play as a. I think you you'd probably put him as a as a six or an eight. Um, so the Reed or the Polina role, but he he probably plays more in in the eight. Um, but he can also play as a ten as well. And the reason he doesn't really do that, certainly for the Serbia national team, is because you've got Tadic there, and you'd have to be, yeah. you know, a very very good player to displace Tadic. Um, I would say uh, across all of those, he's probably better backup than anything else we've got at the squad. And in the Reed role in the eight, he's 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 a he's a step up. He's um, he's quite rangy. He's got a very very nice range of passing. A, a lo- lovely technically on the ball. Um, can <laughs> again a bit Polina like can get booked quite often. Right, um, okay, likes a, like likes to challenge. Likes to use his physique and. I don't know if you, you've you've seen the guy. He's quite fond of Fulham now, obviously through Mitro. But there's a there's a there's a account on Twitter called Serbian Footy, and he he, he posts yes. quite regularly. And I, and I know him personally, and and he messaged me today, and he said, you know, he's um he's he's a prototype midfielder for the Premier League. He's 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 really built for that kind of you know the physicality of it, and but he's still got. That that technical ability that Silver will, will will really like to work with. So for me, a, a good signing. I was I was astounded by the price. I have to say, if if you'd have come to me a month ago and said, if we want to sign Lukic in in January, how much is he going to cost you? I'd have said eighteen to twenty million. Wow! So we've done another bit of excellent business there. Then okay. Yeah, it sounds like we've done a really good job. I think we've taken advantage of a a bit of unrest with with the player. He hasn't been happy with you. He's out of contract not this summer, but the next summer. And I think he he, he'd been a bit unhappy with the contract offer he'd been given from Torino, which was about my understanding about thirty thousand euros a week. He's the captain there you know for for a lot of games so I think he felt a bit undervalued and there's been a bit of strife there um so I think that might be why we've got him a bit cheaper but yeah for for the for the price it's a steal um re- really happy with it and I think you know he he's a player as I say that plays with Mitrovic a lot for the national team yeah and that has got to be a good thing right he's going to know he's going to know Alexander's runs he's going to know the way he, you know Mitro's Mitro plays so that's that's one bit of bedding in, you, you, you know, that's already accounted for. So I think that's that's good. Um, all of that said, I don't expect him, you know, to come in and be starting on on Friday. I think he, he a push he might be on the bench, um, but I, I think what you'll see is him probably move into the the, the read role over the course of maybe the next four or five games I think he'll he'll get introduced more and more and then you'll start seeing him get starts in 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 maybe you know four or five games time right so he seems like a bit of an upgrade to some on Twitter and to yourself then on uh, on Harrison Reed in terms of maybe just 
getting a bit further forward as that sort of punchier number eight that sort of Marcus Silva's probably wanting. Um, I have noticed that, you know, the Harrison Reed thing, I, I mean, we love Harrison Reed. He, he's a disruptor of play. He does lots of messy work that none of us really take enough granted for. And mm. we go, I'd just like to know what you think in terms of, because we're linked with another central midfielder now as well. And this is Sander Berger, or Burge, as like many common people like to say. And we think this is maybe a plan B for a, the CDM of Andre failing, which is a Brazilian player from Fluminense or Fluminense. I can never say it right. But we go, just your thoughts on that transfer, because he is someone that I always thought looked very impressive and quite renowned at Sheffield United. And I'm just starting to worry who, who's, is 20 million rumoured? And obviously Newcastle may be hijacking it. But I, I, that's the sort of price and transfer you'd think that it's coming in as a replacement for Reed maybe I'm not too sure what the the plan is here well first of all I'm glad not sure you, you call- do either I'm just asking <laughs> well, well, well first, first of all I'm glad you called them Sheffield United and not Sheffield because we had that argument yesterday yes, yeah. on the chat and uh sorry about that I wasn't happy um, no. <laughs> and then uh so, you know Sander Berger what a player I think I really like him um he's six foot five he's got great ability great ability with his feet um He's a threat from set pieces, you know. Whether he's got good heading ability or not, he's flipping massive. <laughs> he's just got to mm. put it on his head, you know. And we've scored quite a lot of goals from corners already this season, so it can only help. Twenty million. I mean, you've got to look at the current market, haven't you? Really, what he's worth to Sheffield United? Okay, they need the money. I think if they weren't in such, I don't want to say dire straits because I'm not aware of how bad the situation is. But if they weren't in such a bad financial situation, I could see them wanting more for him. Um, it's just the market, isn't it, at the end of the day? It's what a player is worth in the market and what a player is worth to the club that's selling as well. Um, so £20 million, all in all, wouldn't seem too bad. And we would have some excellent depth in the midfield. He can probably push a bit further forward as well. Would be a good option for number 10. Um if Pereira was ever to get injured, touch wood that he doesn't. Um, Is he that sort of player then? I didn't know he could I do that sort of number 10. a little bit more run. as well, as far as I know. Okay. Um, That's or, or you can go with a flat three. You know, you can figure it. I don't know, off the top of my head, but I'm sure... I, no, but you're right. I mean, th- him, his arrival does make our depth incredibly impressive in terms of midfield, and I wouldn't be worried about our midfield for, you know, years. at least another a year. Yeah, you're, years. You're, That's you're, a good you're point. only worried if you sell Polina in the summer, aren't you? Which, obviously, we hope and pray that that doesn't happen. But that would be the mm. only worry, because if you were to keep that mid- those midfield options going into next season, you'd say we have a great chance of finishing in the top half, if like, again, if unless like if we don't this season, um, I mean, I'm interested to see if how much of the Newcastle competition is genuine because I think they're holding out for Conor Gallagher potentially it's because a loan, though, as well they want him on yeah. loan and yeah. However, I have read that they're offering more for the loan fee than we're offering up front, but right there's no guarantee if that makes sense if they're only going to put an option to buy in whereas. If we get him on a permanent, it's twenty million. I don't know, obviously, know the ins and outs, instalments, add-ons, etc. But you're getting a guaranteed minimum fee, so that could be what Sheffield United want. I think it's a perfect time for us to pounce, to be honest. And um, I'll be, I'll be yeah. disappointed if we don't get it over the line because what an option that would be. 
it, I mean, it is a lot of money, though, 20 million, you know. I mean, I think technically Paulinho was 20 million euros, so I think it was just under that in pounds. So this is the so the most we've spent on a player, I think, technically mm. since the 18-19 season. So it's, it's, it's a lot of money for a championship player, albeit a very good one, apparently. Um, and it does seem to me if, if we don't get Sander Berger, uh, Berger, there might be another one coming in anyway, uh, Tristan, because it does seem that... Josh Onomer is mutual, might be mutually terminating his contract with us, going somewhere elsewhere. Fair enough. And Natty Chabs, uh, Nathaniel Chalabar, is off to West Brom potentially on a permanent. So it does feel like there could be someone else coming in if this doesn't work. What are your thoughts on all of this, Tabarco, mate? Yeah, but I mean, look, I wouldn't read too much into Onomer because he's not, he doesn't feature. Uh, yeah, right. I, I think Chalabar. You know, yeah, okay. If 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 he's out, Lukic is in. Then you like for like. I, I I'm not. I think I I would. I like Berger as a player. I hear from a few Sheffield United fans that he's not necessarily got the greatest work rate, and I think that right that isn't gonna be um, go down well <laughs> with Silver because I think Silver likes a work rate in his midfield. Um, even with his more creative players, I mean, you know, Pereira work, works his socks off, doesn't he? Uh, uh, so it, it feels a lot. I'm J Mac with with you. I think instinctively, it feels a lot of money for uh, a, a player that would definitely add undoubted depth, but isn't really proven at, at, at the level we're looking for. And uh, and I think, you know, is there better out there for twenty million? I'd, I'd be surprised if there wasn't, but hmm. you know, e- e- equally, if if the club dis- dis- decide that from a financial fair play point of view, etc., that that we can afford it um, and can structure the deal in the right way to make us afford it, then you know, fair enough. I just, I, as I say, I, my 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 gut instinct with it is that there's probably better value out there. Um, but then, you know, the flip side of that, as we've already mentioned, is is I think we've got Lukic for very very good value so who am i to who am i to complain um just just worth mentioning as well because i know some of the listeners to this podcast like getting bored with me rabbiting on about ffp is there's been a little bit of an update with our situation that i kind of worked out the other day where, where where i think we will have a bit more budget than we expected and the reason for that is to do with the televised games now right. if the club budget as i was what I, I would expect them to to be at the lower end of that about 11 or 12 televised fixtures that's actually worth about a million a fixture less than if we've kind of got what get what is average for about 12th to 11th place um which is 16 fixtures we've actually had 16 televised or are in the diary to be televised now so that's an extra four million and then when you apply that amortization fact to it so obviously the cost of a a, of a signing goes over the length of the contract so you sign someone for 20 million on a five-year contract and it's four million a year um an extra four million, five million in in terms of TV revenue could actually mean that potentially we could spend another twenty million in this window. So, if okay. anyone's kind of concerned from an FFP point of view, I think that's probably the areas that the club would be looking at to actually have a bit more funding in the window. 
Nice. And, and, and on to the, the last one, the really boring one, the one that's just gone on for ages and actually I just don't really care anymore. Of course, we do need a right-back still, but Wigo is obviously Cedric Suarez, which is uh, just painfully slow. And I think it's now coming to the fact that we're going to potentially sign Duffy uh, as a permanent... I mean, we could talk... Everyone talks about this, you know, sort of like, oh, are we happy it's Duffy and not Dan James? We can go over that. But just, yeah, I mean, do you, you think Duffy is a permanent... Actually, isn't really too bad a shout, to be honest. I mean, he's an experienced Premier League centre-back. He's only 30 years old. He's got a sort of alpha male kind of quality about him. I mean, obviously, he hasn't got the passing abilities, capabilities of Ream, let's say. But, I mean, someone, someone I'd like to see more of, actually, in a substitution scenario. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we all know that Shane Duffy can play up front as well, as proven at West Ham away. Um, Shane Duffy's on my mind and it's Fulham's number nine Um, yeah no but I I mean it's kind of a no-brainer isn't it six months to go on his contract at Brighton the cheap well there's no probably about it definitely the cheaper option out of the two loans that we've got uh, considering the option on Dan James Mm -hmm. is 20 million Um, so yeah no-brainer but this Cedric one yeah it's just dragging on isn't it I mean it's a loan deal is it worth it? I swear the deals that drag on the most are the ones that aren't worth it, but I might be wrong. Um, well, for someone who's 31, just it, it just seems a bit, yeah. It's tedious, isn't it? Mm. What suppose. were your thoughts on this, Tristan? Just because before we started on this, you were, set, you were saying how... Sorry, I interrupted you there, Wigo, sorry. Um, Tristan, you were saying that you've heard maybe from a, a link that actually Joshua Brennett or Brené is a is an advanced situation, so that might be what we're going. Yeah, that, uh, I mean, it's it, it's a bit random. There's a there's there's a there's a fairly reputable news source in Serbia, and they they have sort of Reuters correspondence and stuff right for them. So they 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 they're not kind of just making shit up. And um, they they this morning had a report saying you know Lukic was 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 basically a done deal and he was just it's just down to the medical um but in the same article had mentioned that we were in advanced talks with 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 Josh Brenner so yeah he's a right back obviously 28 years old at FC 20 um don't know loads about him um but I, I can't does, imagine yeah. he would be a ridiculously expensive offer i i just wonder again with 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 that whether we're kind of like you know potentially other other signings in other places, we're 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 kind of bringing that one in and it's leaking into press because um, we want to just get the Suarez thing done and dusted and we're trying to kind of force their hand a little bit. I don't mm. know, but because it, it's not something that I've seen in in many other sources, but it it, it has come up today. Yes, yeah, so I'd I'd be interested to see that. Um, that it, I didn't mention a loan there, so I think it would be a a, a permanent. Right, and there's also there's a silly link between Robertson and Manchester City at the moment because obviously they're getting rid of Cancelo. I mean, I think that is a move that I am predicting for the summer. summer I, I actually yeah. feel like, yeah, I I think I think we go that we'll probably lose Robertson more likely before we lose Paulinho actually we, um, due to contract length and actually just uh, yeah. It would be impo- It would be ridiculous and pretty much impossible to let him go now, really, unless. He decides that in the last 24 hours he wants to force a move, which I can't see. I could be completely wrong, but I would very highly doubt it. Um, yeah. Kazawa, all right, he's not had much game time, but I wouldn't be convinced if that was our only left-back option, um, to be honest. You know, look at what Bruinton brings to our side. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So with 24 hours to go, are you really going to sell your best yeah. left-back? No, you're not. Um, and if you did, it would take I, a ridiculous I, bid. I, 
I did see a rather disturbing rumour actually about two minutes before we started this podcast saying that it was noticeable that he was, he was, you know, although we rested a lot of players, they were all in the squad on Saturday and Robinson wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and saying, you know, they're convinced oh, that's God. something to do with the Man City link. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've all been there with that nonsense. I mean, Mitrovic has left the club 48 times, according to Twitter. So, you know, we, 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 we know to take a lot of these with a pinch of salt. But I just, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it would be absolute... Um, a, a, a terrible decision to let him go right at the end of the window and 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 leave us, you know, as as light as we are in that position. With with with, to me, a a a, a reserve there who's you know potentially a, a weak link even from a reserve how, point of view at the moment. So yeah, got, I'd, I'd I'd hope. How long has he got left on his contract? Because you would think, again, similar to Polina, if clubs started to circle around in the summer, we hold. The cards really don't we because you know long-term contracts etc but i don't know how long robinson's actually got but he is only 25 um i'll just have i'll just have a quick look mate i'll find out yeah i mean i just don't think we have to worry about this this isn't going to happen until the summer like we all say um i, I just think he is the player that i actually feel always looks the most well well not the most, but one of the most stand out when I watch a game live at the college at the moment. Um, just his speed and just his control. Obviously not assisting or scoring goals as much as we'd like, but there is just he's got an, a real big vibe about him and I can very much see him doing well in a sort of a Guardiola system. Sort of what I, they probably wanted Cucurella to do before he actually went off to Chelsea from Brighton. I find um, him similar to Bobby Reid. Next, next summer. It's out. Oh, okay. Next summer. That's I find Robinson similar to Bobby yeah. Reid. Similar to Bobby Reid, go on. He's better in the Premier League than in the Championship. I don't know why or how players are like yeah, that, but they just seem to adapt better. Bobby Reed has definitely proven that. Um, and I feel the same about Robinson. You know, I gave him a fair share of stick last season, but this year I would really struggle to, to be honest. I, I think he's been fantastic and one of our best players probably. And you notice it more this year when he's not playing compared to last year. That was a really massive stint when he was out uh, sort of September, October time. And it was, um, you notice a difference when we had him back. Mm. I I mean, it wouldn't be a transfer window about something really random happening. I've just got this feeling, you just never know with Fulham, that just tomorrow night or whenever people listening or it might have already happened, that you just, there's just going to be a player that crops up in the last hour and a half that has not been linked to us, is in a position that we were not expecting to buy in. And it's going to be someone like, you know, Gioqueres, uh, I can't pronounce it, from you know Coventry or some sort of striking position. I could imagine. I mean, um, but you never know. It's always it's always part of the fun being a Fulham fan. There's always that sort of random player that occurs, the Markovic or you know the sort of you yeah, up, you still up yet, lads? Tweet that they did. It's crazy. Um, but look, from one nuts transfer window to another, let's go on to Chelsea. Um, they just don't seem to care at the moment. They're now about to get that Fernandez guy from Argentina, I think. I mean, um, he just, it's kind of awkward because he actually just made a really sort of sweeping statement to all the fans at the, at the club he's at saying, I'm staying. <laughs> so it doesn't look like he is anymore. Um, Wigger, what, what are your thoughts on this I mean they're just spending out of their ass at the moment and it just it's almost like they're like the Nottingham Forest but in a much better position of just how much they're they're going for it and I'm I'm a bit concerned actually that the players that they've got might actually have gelled a bit since we last met and actually some injuries are going to be a bit clearer for them I think maybe Reese James is rumoured to be back you've got others as well I just 
Open, opening thoughts on Chelsea. They just spend money for fun, don't they? I mean, like, I don't know how they're doing it. I, I have heard that it's where, like, Mudrick has signed an eight-and-a-half-year deal and they're spreading payment over eight years or something ridiculous to try and get under financial fair play because they've spent about, I think, with Fernandez, right. if they sign him, it would be like £450 million or something just ridiculous. I, I just don't understand it, really, because... I know the owner's minted, but, you know, Shade Khan's got £9 billion, so I'm sure if he wanted to, he could go and flip and spend that amount of money. But it's I don't understand. No, it's, Tristan, it's, you're probably the expert. I don't understand how they are skirting around fair play here. Yeah, it's a, no, it's a, ve- it's a very different situation. So, I mean, without going back onto my old <laughs> podcast that I did with Dan and that a, a couple of years ago, uh, the... The basically you get a, 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 a it's FFP compliance is you get a three year rolling average. So you have to you have to spend within a certain amount. You're only allowed to lose a certain amount in a three year rolling period. Now the 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 amount you get to spend or or lose. So the amount of loss you're allowed to make varies from the Premier League to the Championship. So the Championship's thirteen million, and the Premier League's forty million or thirty nine point five. So if 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 you are in the Premier League for three seasons, that means you get to lose 120 million. If you're in the Championship for two seasons and one in the Premier League, it means you're only getting to spend 13 plus 13 plus 39. So so you know 75 or 65. Sorry. So it's a big difference. So straight away, Chelsea can make twice the amount of loss. Then you take into the account the fact that they've been in the Premier League that whole time so they've had all of the Premier League prize money gate receipts ticket revenue you know um, TV revenue European competition etc their turnover is about 400 million a year and ours in the Premier League so in our best is about 150 million so that it's such a big difference so it, you can't you can't go oh their their owners rich our owners rich we should be able to spend what they can because the base is massively different when you look then at FFP and how it's worked out, you're you're almost there. It's nothing to do with when the money's paid, instalments, that's cash flow, that's nothing to do with FFP. It's the length of contract. So uh, we mentioned this earlier with the with with, with saying about the burger signing and, and it's the same with Chelsea. If they've signed four hundred million of players on average or four so let's say four hundred and twenty, because it's a it's an easier number, four hundred and twenty million of players on on the average of six year contracts that means they will be having 7 million or so, sorry 70 million of transfer fees for each of the next 6 years going into their accounts not 420 million in this mm. year it's 420 million spread over 6 years so they've, they've and that's how really they're clever. doing it now what it means they've what been. it means is they can do it up front they can do it up front but actually in the long term they'll have already put 60 70 million a year in their accounts for the next six or seven years so they're not going to be able to keep doing it and they're not going to be able to make signings next year the year after the year after that because they've got all this this amortized cost already in their accounts so yeah it seems like they're going mental at the moment and they are but actually it will get to the point and that's exactly what happened with us with our 130 million pound spend we we splurged it all. We loaded up the next four years of our finances with costs from 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 this amortisation, and then basically couldn't spend a lot of money for the next couple of years. And we're still feeling that now. 
where we go clear is this summer where all of that amortized cost from those that big splurge just finally goes out of our accounts even the likes of Mitrovic etc all all of that money goes out the accounts and we'll be in a much better position and we'll be able to spend more this summer but we're feeling the effects of it now Chelsea are going to be feeling the effects of it for five or six years so yes you're right in in that they're spending shitloads now but actually they're not going to be able to continue to do that um, even without any tweaks to financial fair play rules. Right. It does, I mean... Sorry, that's, I, I, I tried to be as succinct as I, I could with that. I did <laughs> say it half in a jokey way about our owner being rich and theirs because I did have a, I did know that we were sort of on the brink of FFP, but I do get it because... But then at the same time, you just think, you know, they're clever with it and they know what they're doing, but you also mm. think, like, fuck you. Do you know what I mean <laughs> at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, th- well I, th- I, think, I think the one thing I would say is I don't understand the point of FFP at this point because I don't know what it's actually... Because the whole reason for it coming in was to stop clubs risking going into debt or going into receivership by loading up costs for the foreseeable future of, the, <laughs> of, of you know, the, the financially for the foreseeable future. And that's exactly what FFP has forced Chelsea to do. So it's it's the whole thing at the moment seems a nonsense and it, it needs to be looked at because it doesn't I don't know what it's there for at this point. Well, let's look at the game. Wigo, what are your thoughts on how we might match up for this? It seems like the only players that are quite close to returning for them from their like quite long injury list are Reese James and Ben Chilwell. But they've obviously just signed a new fullback. They have got Mudrick, who apparently looked brilliant. Um, Felix will still be suspended. Uh, just general thoughts of like if we can get a double on these bastards, or like, or even just get a draw. I mean, are you going to this one? I am going to this one, and we can win it. You know, we've beaten them before, injuries or not. We played really well, and we yeah, got we've been Graham Potter three times this season. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, it's it's um, we can beat them. Of course, we can beat them. You know, look at where we are in the league. We're there for a reason, and we're above them. Um, we're going to set up. How are we going to set up? That's a really good question, and one that I'm not sure on because I look at how we played against Spurs, and first half fantastic. Didn't need to change anything. Second half, I thought we were really sloppy. How do you stop that happening again? But then also, how do you know when to change it? And I think that's one thing that Silva's been a little bit guilty of. And it's so hard to criticise him, and I really don't want to. But I think if you're going to be really picky, you're going to say subs need to be made earlier. We've got really good squad here, and hopefully we'll have a couple more signings by then as well. You're going to have a brilliant squad at your disposal, and you get five subs. Let's use them. Let's get started early. Let's really go and change the game. They're there for the taking. We we can beat them. And whether we will or not is another question, but uh, I don't see why we can't. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, sorry, I wasn't sure. That, yeah, um, yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I, th- I think as well as, as, as mentioning, you know, a few injuries. We didn't have Mitrovic, you know, in the home game and beat him. And let's, let's not forget that. You know, we were without our, our most influential attacking players. So, you know, I, I, I think I'm very rarely bullish when I go to the bridge. And I, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say that I'm bullish, this, but I'm more, I'm definitely more hopeful than I often am. I think we might just get lucky in that, uh, they might be a bit disjointed even with all the new signings. I think we, it, Still, it's, yeah. probably, it's probably a little bit too early for them to have fully gelled. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to counter all your points, J Mac on the, <laughs> on, the on the, on the Mudrick thing. 
he was being kept out of the team by Solomon, who can't even get in our team. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So in, at Shakhtar, you know, he was he was actually kept out of the team by Solomon for the most part. So I think, you know, they they're, they're going to improve, and they'll pr- they probably will bastards that they are finish above us by the end of the season. But I think we might be playing. It might be a good time to get the the, the second game against them out of the way. Um, and I think we'll be we'll, we'll have a stronger team out there than we did in the game at the cottage. So yeah, I'm I'm hopeful. I I think my my heart is saying that we'll we'll nick it. Um and my head is saying that we'll get a draw, but I'm not looking at a defeat at this point. That's wonderful, mate. That's wonderful. And I mean it'd be great to get thirty four points this weekend. Bloody hell, that'd be really yeah. good. What we go have you got any thoughts of predictions, mate, of what you'd like to see? I'd love to see a win. Um, I'd like to see running trains as well. Well, obviously, you'd like to see a win, but what do you predict it to be? I mean... I'd, I'd like to see. I'd like to. I'd like to see a running train service, so I could flip and get there a lot easier. But uh, that's not going to happen. But in terms yeah. of the game, I'd like. To, I'd like to see a little two-one, uh, especially a last minute, just for the carnage in the away end. I mean, we've had some absolute scenes. Um, I've done every away league game so far this season, and I think I'd love to see some replication of the. Uh, Leeds away or Forest away, just the scene. So um, I'm going to go 2-1. Fancy Willian to get another one, you know. He's been absolutely outstanding and uh, I reckon he'll be well up for it. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, 2-1 as well. Just And I think um, Solomon will score and I think Mitro will get a goal as well. I think he'll be hungry for this. I think he'll really be annoyed that he missed out on the last one mm. and I think he'll really, really want to just make sure he can be a bit of be a piece of history for the the derby as well um guys i'm really i'm really happy to wrap that up you guys all good or do you want to add anything else it's tristan not getting no, all good for me though. mate what did you give one well tristan did you give a prediction tristan i'm pretty sure you did i i didn't i didn't give it i know well i said head you and said heart. heart yeah yeah but um so if, if i'm gonna if i'm gonna go with heart i'm gonna go with heart because i think and i'm not even i don't i don't think it three one i'm going i'm going three one oh, gorgeous Stop it. All right, okay, that's brilliant. 3 1 and 2 2 ones. I'll be waiting for the trains next day if we win 3 1. I will be out (laughs) celebrating all night if we go there and beat them 3 1. Oh, that'd be unreal. We'll, we'll be t- we'll be two one up. They're, they're from about sixty five minutes, they'll be absolutely battering us for 20, tw- 25 minutes, and then we'll get one on the break at the end. Can't deal with yeah. conceding another but- last minute goal. Not again. I'm not. I've, it's happened too <laughs> no. many times this season. My heart can't take it anymore. <laughs> Might be a Santa Berger set piece header that you're predicting yes. that will go as the winner. Yes. It's Santa Berger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just, sing my, sing my, uh, sing right, my Santa Berger in the in the uh, in the stands on Friday night if he signed. I can't even remember it to be honest. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to sing that now, or do you want to maybe no. save that for a later date? No, no, no. I need a few <laughs> beers before I sing that. Yeah, me too. Just to listen to it again. Absolutely, me too. Um, all right, let's leave it there. Thank you very much to my co-host. Thank you very much to our producer, Dunlove. If you like what we're here, please tell your friends about us. And we'll be back. We'll be back with a reaction to the game of Chelsea and looking ahead to the FA Cup and all other business. Happy transfer deadline day when this is released, and we'll see you shortly.
Fulham.